TII item 214, February 28th, 2012. Revenge is a dish best served cold. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullet! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Hover. Please visit tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com to get 10% off your domain name registrations. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Kevin for sending in the music you hear in the background. Kevin wrote, Hi, Rob. Here's a different kind of song for the open of the show with a tribute of sorts to one of our favorite podcasts, Open Jingles. Kevin from the That's What She Said podcast. Thanks, Kevin, for the music. And folks, I will try to remember to put the full song at the end of the episode. Also want to thank Jay for sending in the artwork for today's show. Jay wrote, Hi Rob, I took this picture using my iPhone 4 using software color effects and then added text into it from my iPad using Sketchbook Express to add the text. Regards, Jay. Well, Jay, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Jay's artwork in the TII app in the extras for episode 214, or if you subscribe via iTunes as the album artwork and also as a standalone post in the VIP section. And I'll try to get it up on Google Plus and Facebook as well. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device and you would like to share it with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, well, that's a surprise. Apple's newly announced super tablet has been comprehensively seen off by RIM's Pocket Battleship. The playbook, for all its small stature, still packs a heck of a punch, and even the might of Apple's iPad 2 wasn't going to be enough to stride past it in the tablet's stakes. Unquote. Ruchika Mata, IT Pro India, 25th of June 2011. Huh? I mean, I've been doing this How Wrong segment for quite some time. And all I can say on this one is per Rachika's quote, huh? Just saying. Now, I also do need to do a special second part to how wrong were they this week. And, and this person that's wrong this week, the second one, that's me. Yeah, I, I, it's clearly now official that uh, my prediction that they wouldn't be announcing the iPad 3 until June, yeah. That's not going to be the case. And we'll get into that in more detail later in the show. Per promo codes, on episode 213, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app, App Tools. I will give those out shortly, so if you want more info on this app, and this is a good one, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 213 for the additional details. As always, if you are an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please also include a 60-second or less audio review of your app indicating up front you are the dev. If you don't have promo codes to give away or if your app is free and you still want to get a review of your app up on the show, you can just send in that 60-second or less review, again, making sure you mention you are the app dev up front. 
and we will work it into a future episode of the show. So how would you know the iPad 3 or the iPad 2012, whatever you want to call it, is right around the corner? Well, there would be a price reduction for the iPad 2. And guess what? That is exactly what happened at Best Buy this past weekend. A reduction in price of the iPad 2 to $449 for the lowest price model, and then going up from there. Over at the Apple site, they are offering up refurbished iPad 2s starting at $419, which is lower than the $449 we had seen in the past. Okay, past in this case is early December when they went up to $419, when they went down to $419 price. But keep an eye on that $419 price. It is likely to drop shortly. There have also been some pics and stories going around that there is a plane from China full of iPad 3s that's getting loaded up and flying off to the U.S., which means by the time you hear this, they will already have been in the U.S. Probably by the time I recorded this, they were already in the U.S. One of the latest rumors on the iPad 3 is that pricing will start at $579 for the lowest-end device and go up to $899 for the highest-end device. At first, that might sound completely, well, like a crazy Far East rumor. But after thinking about this, maybe it's not so crazy. Let's say Apple continues offering one version of the iPad 2, say the 16 gig version, and they drop that price to $399. And that then gives Apple the lower cost iPad that's still available, closer to the Kindle Fire pricing, but not all the way down, but good enough to make people pause. You know, do you really want the fire and go with the iPad? Or maybe they even just drop it to 449 like Best Buy seems to be doing right now. But anyway, the rumored price list um, post on, it was on an Asian social media site, had the storage capacities the same as the iPad 1 and iPad 2. That to me does seem a little odd. You would think Apple would be upping the storage for the iPad 3 to 32, 64, and 128 gig since the storage levels have were the same for the iPad 1 and 2. Per the rumor, you then have the new low-end iPad 3, the 16 gig version at 579. Essentially, it would be an $80 price increase from the 16 gig iPad 2 when it first launched a year ago. To me, again, that doesn't make much sense unless there is a price-reduced iPad 2 still on the market. Remember, the screenshots of pricing for the new iPad appeared on a social media site in Asia, which would be the equivalent of it showing up on Google Plus or Facebook in the U.S. In other words, don't read into this too much. Me, I'm still thinking 32, 64, and 128 gig versions of the iPad 3 with the 16 gig version of the iPad 2 still on sale for the lower price, say $399. And if that was the case, $399 or $449 even for the iPad 2 at 16 gig, then a $579 iPad 3 with 32 gig, that would kind of make sense because then you're really looking at a $20 price drop from the old 32 gig version. But there is one thing we do now know of, and that is on March 7th, there will be an invite event at the Yerba Buena Arts Center where Apple says, quote, we have something you really have to see and touch, unquote. Clearly, the wording, something you really have to see, that can only mean one thing, the higher res 2048 by 1536 screen 
that has pretty much been a foregone conclusion anyway. The invite also shows a person touching the calendar icon, which says Wednesday the 7th. But what is most interesting is that the icon does appear to be a higher res version of the current calendar icon on the iPad too. Also, they show an edge of the iPad, but there is no home button, which when you see the invite jumps out at you pretty much. So per the rumors for quite some time about getting rid of the home button, it is looking very likely now that for the iPad 3, this may be a reality, which would be really interesting because remember, those that quote held unquote the iPad 3 at CES, yeah, they did not say anything about a missing home button. Actually, they said side by side, the iPad 2 and the iPad 3, they pretty much looked identical. Hell's heart, I stab at thee. For hate's sake, I spit my last breath at thee. Yeah, that is about the best quote ever for this next point. It seems that the culture at Apple, where they use their announcements to upstage other events and speakers, well, that part of their culture, yeah, it's still alive and thriving at Apple. Apple's invites to their event next week were sent out when Eric Schmidt from Google was talking at the Mobile World Conference, pretty much guaranteeing the news from Apple would upstage almost literally any news from Google, and more specifically, Eric Schmidt, whom it now appears others in Apple also felt betrayed by. Someone at Apple might say the timing was pure coincidence and Apple was not aware, conflicted with the Mobile World Conference and Eric Schmidt's keynote. Those at Apple that would say that would also give you a little wink-wink, nod-nod at the end of the statement, and I'm sure grin just a little bit, then maybe pump their chest twice, with uh, then raise their arms to the air and you know towards the sky, giving the peace symbol to the heavens as a nice, this one was for you, Steve, type reference. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Just going off a push you sent out earlier about the iPad invitation, Having no home button present, uh, one of my friends suggested that it could have been in landscape orientation. However, I'm not sure of that, as iPad 2's running iOS 5 do have pinch-to-close apps, and maybe Apple has considered that, well, that with that, the home button is now obsolete. Thanks for everything you do, and thanks for the push notification. Regards, David. Next one. Hi, Rob. Thanks for the heads up on the iPad 3 event. I think the photo is misleading. Probably the iPad in landscape based on icon spacing, so the home button is off to the side, out of view. I can't tell, but those icons do look a bit retinish. Rob from Boston. Rob, thanks for the feedback. As well, David, thank you too. The one post over at Gizmodo titled, This is the iPad 3 hiding in plain sight. Um, and that post, they looked at the image sent in the invitation and the spacing of the icons and tried to duplicate that on the iPad too. And their conclusion was the only way you could get that exact same spacing was in portrait mode, not landscape mode. So it does look like the home button is missing. Uh, again, per the lack of the home button, we also received this email. Hi, Rob. That's one way to stop jailbreaking. No home button, no DFU mode. How draconian of Apple. Thanks, Stephen. 
Well, thank you, Stephen, for sending that in. I want to take a moment here to talk about today's sponsor, and that is Hover. If you go to tii.hover.com, that's tii.hover.com, you can get 10% off your domain name registrations and transfers and email accounts. I want to read some feedback I received from fellow listeners about Hover. Quote, Hello, Rob. I'd just like to say I switched to Hover.com for my domain names uh, based on your recommendation and was solidly impressed by their service. Thanks for the tip. Matt in Philly, PA. Continuing on. Hi, Rob. I got my domain through Hover and switched all my other domains to them during that SOPA, PIPA mess. Hover is awesome. Everything is so simple and the customer service is amazing. Regards, Mike Lowe. And hi, Rob. So you want to know who switched over to Hover? I did about a month or two ago. The thing that got me to switch is the free privacy included. I use Hover for personal and for business as I do a little web hosting. I still have a few domains to switch over and will continue to do that as expiration dates come up. Thanks, Hector from Auburn, New York. And unquote on all those quotes. Well, thanks, gentlemen, for your feedback. As I mentioned before, listeners that use Hover are replying back with their great and very customer service positive experiences, which really is just very rare these days with other companies. So whether you are registering new domains, transferring old ones from another registrar, or setting up an email account, Hover will be there to help you if you need or want it. That really is what sets them apart. They're great customer service. Remember to save 10% on your registrations. Go to tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com. Isn't it time you like registering domain names again? Thanks, Hover, for supporting this show. With the iPad 3 event just a week away, it is time to put out the iPad 3 rumor bingo card. And you can see that over at todayinios.com. I put it up there. For those new to the show, I try to put one of these out before every major event. It sums up the rumors since the last launch event for said device. In this case, it is a listing of the major or oft-repeated rumors from the past year or so. With regards to the iPad 3, that is, of course. Some of these, I think, will happen. Some, not so much. And others, no chance at all. I try to put them in a way that we can get bingo on the card. Per this version of the bingo card, the ones I think that are most likely slash would be surprised if they did not happen, that category of ones would be the rumors with regards to the 2048 by 1536 Retina display, the A6 quad-core processor, the 4G LTE version, Siri, no home button, a slightly thicker case, iOS 5.1 announced, 3G chip supporting both CDMA and GSM, and a much improved back camera, likely the same 8 megapixel camera as is in the iPhone 4S. Those rumors that I think are less likely are NFC, 128 gig on the top end, 1 meg of RAM, a 499 price for the low end iPad 3, 399 for the old iPad 2 16 gig, which they keep on selling. Bluetooth 4.0, and 1080p HD FaceTime camera on the front. The next group falls into the not likely, but you never know category, and they are face recognition, $579 for the low-end iPad 3, rainbow of colors, not just black or white, fingerprint-resistant display, and new mini dock connector. And those rumors, I think, 
that were kind of DOA are SD card slot, second landscape mode dock connector, and a 7-inch version. We'll go over the bingo card and how it did and what was actually announced on the next show, which will be the evening of March 7th after the announcement, so late that evening. Please make sure to send in your feedback post the event on your thoughts of what was announced. Hi Rob, this is Alex from Houston. I'm calling in response to a question one of your callers had in the last podcast uh, at 18 minutes and 50 seconds in regarding how to, how to turn off or block notifications while within an app. Uh, my recommendation, although it may not be the perfect answer to his question, my recommendation is uh, Incarcer app, which I've also recommended to you uh, as well. Um, this app allows you to block notifications, block calls, block uh, touches to the screen, touches to the, uh, the home button, and also the power button, and you can configure all of this, and you can configure this um, you know, per app, and you can activate it through using Activator, and it's a useful app to have, uh, and it'll uh, definitely accomplish what the gentleman called was uh, um, what the gentleman was looking for. So I think um, this is a good recommendation. It's free in the App Store. It's from the Big Boss rep uh, repository, and um, for a free app, you can't really can't beat it, and it works. So that's my recommendation. Good luck to you. Alex, thanks for the recommendation of Incarcer App, which is in the Cydia App Store. And remember, you have to be jailbroken to use that, folks. But yeah, if you are jailbroken and you want to block your notifications from coming in and while you're playing a game, Incarcer App sounds like the way to go. Thanks to Tash and others that sent in links on this next one, which I think fits in pretty well here. And it's per the story of Apple TVs disappearing from the store shelves out there. The current model, while just a hobby, has still been out there for almost 18 months, uh, launching back in September of 2010. What if Apple also announces at the event a new Apple TV? Something that integrates better than the uh, with the new iPad 3 and also has updated specs, including 1080p HD support, plus, dare we say, support for apps. Anyway... That could be the one more thing at the March 7th event. Here's hoping. Thanks to all that sent in the recommendations for downloading the free app, Keiko Talk Messenger. This is an app that Stefan Esser, better known as Ionic, tweeted about and said that the app might somehow help with jailbreaking iOS 5.1 when it's released. He recommended everyone download it before Apple removes it. That was about 10 days ago, and guess what? The app is still in the App Store. It is a free app, so if you want to jailbreak iOS 5.1 when it comes out, you might want to download this app. It is free. I would recommend that you don't upgrade to iOS 5.1. Even if you download this app, you still need to wait, but you should download this to have it available because after 5.1 comes out, it sounds like this may help. Now, personally, I feel for any jailbreak to be considered mainstream, it does require that Anyone that just purchased a new iPhone right out of the box should be able to jailbreak it. If this app does prove to provide a key to jailbreaking iOS 5.1, Apple will pull it, which I am surprised it is still available and, well, really doubting kind of the validity of this whole app helping. That said, Ionic is much, much, much more knowledgeable than me in these affairs, 
So that is why I mention it now. Again, the app is free, and it is spelled K-A-K-A-O, Talk Messenger. It is free in the App Store. Thanks, Elsie, for the heads up on this next one, with this next one being a report that AT&T will allow app developers to pay for users' data when they use their app. So imagine, say, Pandora or Spotify or some other app that is bandwidth-intensive paying for your bandwidth that is used by their app. Um, Granted, the biz case is not the best for most out there, but the same could be said about 1-800 numbers for most. Yet, for some, they work great. And if an app was offering up free bandwidth for a service that is a competitor to some other app that does not, well, guess which one people are going to use? Even those on unlimited plans that fear being throttled would wind up using uh, an app that you don't chew up your bandwidth with versus one that you do. Of course, this is just a rumor for now, but we'll be interesting to see if this is rolled out and when and if it is rolled out, what apps would be quick to jump at this offering and why? Hi, Rob. This is Shelley calling from Canada. And as always, I love your podcast. I'm calling today to tell you about an oddity that I've discovered in uh, my, on my iPhone and my iPad that I thought your listeners might be interested in knowing about. And it has to do with the open with, or sorry, open in menu. I was recently beta testing a program for a dev that was to have added open in capability. And yet when I tried to tap on an app, sorry, a, a file as an attachment in an email to open in that program, the app was not showing up in the list and it was driving us crazy. We eventually discovered Apple has put a limitation on the number of apps that can be listed under open in. And that number is 10 and PDFs, open in a lot of different apps, and I have way more than 10 apps that will open a PDF, and consequently, chosen list of apps displayed in the open-in menu just did not include the new app that I was testing. It also didn't include Goodreader, which I use almost every day. It didn't include Kobo. It didn't include iBooks, and there was a couple of others that, it, that were uh, really notably missing. There is no way to tweak this in settings. There is no way to figure out how the phone decides which apps are going to be displayed in that list. The only way to force into the list the apps that I wanted was to delete from my device some of the other apps, which is totally crazy. So I now have it displaying Goodreader and iBooks and Kobo and the new app, Capture Notes 2, a couple of other things that I really want, but there's no guarantee that those things are going to still stay displayed It's the most bizarre thing, and I hope Apple does something about it in the next version of the iOS because I don't see any reason for them to limit the length of that menu. Anyway, just thought I'd pass that along so that uh, any of you users that are running into the same thing will know about the clunky workaround that we have to do to take care of it. Keep up the good work. Thanks a lot. Shelly, thanks for the heads up on that. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. The clip of my otter case holster broke, and I had to adapt the orientation of my phone to still use it. Decided to buy another, but first decided to ask the company how much a replacement part might cost. I looked over my receipt and noticed that I was a month or two outside of my warranty. Oh well, I thought, and contacted the company anyway, knowing I will need to pay the price mentioning I was outside of the warranty date in that email. The return email asked for my shipping information, stating that I wasn't satisfied with the durability of their case, and neither were they. 
They sent me a replacement for no charge, a whole new case. I would like to send out kudos to the Otter Box Case Company. And the more I tell the story, the more I get the same story back, only adding to their reputation. Regards, JL, Middleburg, Florida. Hi, Jay. Thanks for the feedback on the OtterBox case. We have more people uh, that sent in feedback on how many apps they open in a week. Sergio opened 33, DJ Mendina opened 62, Cody was at 33, David was at 47, which puts us at an average of 39.6 open apps per week from the 26 people that have sent in numbers so far. Thanks to all that have. Back into the email bag. Greetings, Rob. Love the show. I found it after another app podcast called It Quits after life caught up with them. Name redacted as I don't want to rub it in. Anyways, I have a question for you and your listeners. I am looking for a shopping list slash invoice app that will allow me to scan items with my iPhone as I put them into my cart. I found a few, but not happy with them so far as what I'd like to do. I like to stay on budget and want to know how much everything in my cart is. A simple scan would make it quicker and easier in the store. Thank you for your help, DJ Medina. Hi, DJ. Problem with that is that most grocery stores, which is what I'm assuming you're using this for, scanning in an item's barcode, while it might get you some information on the item generically, price at that specific store is not likely to be valid as pricing for items changes from store to store and chain to chain. The best you could hope for is for to find the item in your list and mark it off as found and then give you the option to manually enter in the price. More ideal would be where you could speak in the price, but I don't know of anything like that. If anyone has any suggestions on an app close to what DJ is looking for, please let us know. 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or email us at todayinios at gmail.com. Hey Rob, it's Don from Gunnersville, Alabama. Uh, there was a guy on episode 213 that uh, had some issues. I think his company was getting rid of Microsoft Exchange server or something, and he was having some syncing issues. And uh, I can't remember all these details, but I remember when I was uh, listening to it in the car, I was thinking that there's a program I use uh, called G-Syncit that would help him out. That's G-S-Y-N-C-I-T. And it's, I guess, distributed by a company called Fieldston Software, but you should be able to find it uh, Googling either one of those. Uh, it's currently at version 3. I've got version 2. And... Uh, I use it to sync one way from Google to Outlook. I sync uh, contacts, calendar, and notes. It will sync either direction exclusively or both directions. It's got some very elaborate uh, mapping abilities. I think it would probably uh, fill the bill for what that guy was looking for. I originally bought it when uh, I was afraid when I went to 1 to 7 I wouldn't be able to use my old Microsoft Office 2003 stuff but turns out I was able to but in the process of doing that I started using the uh, Gmail web interface and to be honest with you I like it better than Outlook now so I, I rarely use Outlook uh, just on rare occasions and really just use this program as more of a way to uh, back up what's on the Google servers on my hard drive as I said, I just sync 
from Google to Outlook. So any changes I make on my phone or on Google automatically get synced with Outlook contacts, calendars, notes, and what have you. But anyway, it's 20 bucks for the program. And uh, just looking here on the website, it looks like they've got some additional features in three version three that I don't have in two. It looks like it'll sync with uh, Toodle Do, Evernote, Simple Note, Dropbox, and something called. Nozbe, N-O-Z-B-E. Never heard of that one, but uh, if you want to pass it along to your listeners, maybe it'll help that guy out. Uh, thanks for everything you do. Great show. I look forward to it every week. Talk to you later. Hey, Rob. One last note on the G-Sync It. Uh, I forgot to mention it also syncs tasks uh, in addition to calendars, contacts, and notes. Thanks. Don, thanks for the feedback. Thanks goes out to Tash for this next story, which is about data from in Mobi, which is an ad serving platform, what they are seeing now is that iOS devices are requesting the most ad impressions with 35.3% versus Android at 32.7% versus RIM at 11.6%. Both RIM and Android declined in January versus October. iOS jumped 12% during that period. In Mobi serves up 100 million ads each month, so pretty good numbers there. But that said, this is not a measure of sold OS market share or activation market share, just OS market share based on which devices were used the most in January 2012 versus October 2011, which finds iOS now currently in first place. For all you Photoshop fans out there, Adobe has launched Photoshop Touch in the App Store. It is $9.99. So it is for those serious about Photoshop. It does require the iPad 2 for now. iPad 3 will likely also be okay. However, nothing else. I'm not going to go over the specs here, but if anyone gets this, I would love for you to send in some artwork for the show uh, that you do with this app. Email that, of course, to todayinios at gmail.com. Switching gears? One thing is certain with Moto Mobility being purchased by Google. The patent battle is just getting started. The latest item that actually affects end users is in Germany, where Apple has turned off or had to turn off its MobileMe and iCloud push email services. Users in Germany can still get emails. They are just not pushed. They are now pulled by devices and where you can either set intervals for it to pull or when you manually pull emails. Apple, of course, believes the patent is invalid and is appealing the decision. In the meantime, if you are in Germany, no push for you. Just pulling. Okay, here is a new security hole which evil developers could exploit with iOS. Mind you, this is all theoretical and there are no known issues or of this exploit actually being used in the real world. That said, the theoretical issue at hand involves you agreeing to let an app use your location data which seems harmless enough, especially since some apps need that for the app to actually do what it's supposed to do. Well, it turns out, theoretically, once you do that, the app can also get access to your entire photo library without any further confirmations from you. So yes, in theory, any naked pics could be pulled by an angry bird. Well, you know, I'm thinking if you're in the UK, that actually sounds pretty funny. Um, No pun intended on that Angry Bird joke for those in the UK. Uh, In the US, probably not getting the joke. Anyway, so as we said in the past, turn off location data access for any apps that don't need it. 
And I'm sure Apple will be coming out with a fix to this theoretical, if not maybe even implemented issue at some point in the near future, especially now that Word is out. And actually now that Word is out, maybe now evil app devs will be quick to add this feature into their apps. Hi, Rob Ryan here. Listen, a uh, long-time listener of the show, a uh, long-time user of pretty much any Apple and or Macintosh product, uh, have every iPhone. I also have that phone phobia, so uh, any given moment I'll have three phones on me with three different accounts. But one phone will always be my giant Samsung Infuse 4G. And I really want to get the Samsung Note, and I really wouldn't mind if Apple made at least a 7-inch phone my hands are very large, I have no problem with it, and I'm 40 years old. I can't see the screen on, on my iPhone anymore. i got to keep taking my glasses off, i got to put my reading glasses on. I love my iPhone, I love the display on the iPhone. It's just too frickin' small for a big dude like me. So, that's the justification, Rob. Got nothing against either. In fact, I've been working on them so long, I hate almost all of them. Anyways, take it easy, bye. Hey, Rob. It's Mike calling from an undisclosed location. I am actually a blind user of the iPhone and iPad. I'm calling in regarding the app from the um, developer at Georgia Tech. I don't see how that it actually solves a problem that we're facing. The first thing you need to understand is that with Braille, it involves dot combinations of between one and six characters. And that's how the app works. I don't understand how those of us that are blind are actually going to be able to type the dot combinations and hold the iOS device in our hands without dropping it. Because with the dot combinations, you're going to need more than one or two fingers. So I really don't think this app actually is going to help the blind. It is another example of someone from the sighted world attempting to do something good for those of us who are visually impaired, but actually dropping the ball. I think what Apple has done with iOS is probably one of the best things that we can get. We have access to the touch screen. We have access to the icons. We have access to the keyboard. And for the most part, we have access to most apps. I do not see this app being something widely adopted by the blind. Hey, Rob. It's Don from Gunnersville, Alabama. I've got uh, two reviews that I've been meaning to do. And I just, uh, since I was sending you some stuff uh, today, I figured I'd go ahead and catch up on some of these things on my list. The first program is NoteSpark. Uh, I don't believe it's ever been reviewed on your show before. Um, it's basically just a uh, application where you can make notes and share those with different people. Uh, doesn't matter if they're iOS or not. It's it, it supports uh, different platforms, and it also you can put it on your PC. I'm assuming you could do it your Mac also. It's got well, it's a web interface, so I'm sure you could do it on both. But, uh, you know, you make a change in the note in one place, it automatically updates another. And if you've given that other person access to be able to change a note, they can make changes too. But it's something I've been using for a long time, ever since I first got my iPhone, I don't know, three, three and a half years ago. 
and uh, it's kind of a grocery list thing. Me and my wife use it a lot. The bottom line is that's that's pretty much what it does. It's simple. It just works. Uh, one of the things that really you know got me off the duff to to actually do this review, the guy that I'm assuming it's the developer, but I've had two little issues that have popped up maybe in the past year. But I've emailed the guy. He's got all over it and fixed it in a very timely fashion. So the developer and or the people that support this are really good. Um, that was the first review. second review is a program called IQIF. And I actually got that off of your show, one of the promo codes. And it's basically for those of us that are uh, use Quicken. It's a way to put your different purchases, transactions on your phone and get it into clicking on your computer it's just a bare bones straight simple program doesn't have a lot of frills uh, you can basically export your uh, or import your categories from quicken into your phone then once you've got that uh, you know basically when you go somewhere you just tap the add button and type in the uh, vendor and amount category whatever like I said it pulls up your category list so you don't actually have to type it that and it actually remembers your payee list as you you know once you go to a store one time you won't have to type the whole thing in the next time and you know it kind of figures out what you're trying to type and auto completes it for you it doesn't work real well with like if you're transferring from an one account to another which that's typically not something you enter that often on your phone anyway but uh, me and my wife and uh, my brother and my father we all use it and i believe it's a 199 program right now but uh, if you're looking for something to get your quicken transactions into quicken uh, this is the way to do it uh, to my knowledge, there's not anything out there that will automatically sync, which just blows my mind. In this case, with this one, what you do when you get ready to put those transactions into your computer, it basically helps you just generate an email, and then from that email, there's an uh, IQIF file. You just go into Quick and do file import, import that in, then accept the transactions, and basically they're in there. But I don't know of any other uh, program that does it any with any less effort than that, which really kind of blows my mind. You would think Quicken or Intuit or somebody would have a program that would sync a little more seamlessly with uh, Quicken, but uh, there doesn't seem to be one. Anyway, those are two reviews I've been meaning to do for a while, NoteSpark and IQIF. Appreciate the show and what you do. Talk to you later. Don and everyone else, thank you for the feedback today. As always, if you want to give us some feedback, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record your feedback on your iOS device and email to me at todayinios at gmail.com. I want to thank our sponsor again today, and that is Hover. Please go to tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com, where you can get 10% off your domain name registrations or your email setup. If you have not done so yet, please make sure you go over to the iTunes App Store and purchase the TII app. Just $2.99 gives you instant access to the latest episodes, push notifications when new episodes go up, and you can see album artwork for, these, uh, for the episodes. You can download those as wallpapers right on your iOS device. Again, TII and the App Store, $2.99. Next episode is going to go up late the evening of March 7th. I'm going to wait until the keynote is made available as a podcast so I can go back and watch it a second time. So it's going to probably be really late that evening. Uh, so tune in then. And, of course, give me your feedback after the event so I can include it in the show. And uh, we'll get that up late that evening. 
that's going to go ahead and do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. I like it a lot.